You're listening to Carrie Lutz's Financial Survival Network, where you get valuable information you just can't find anywhere else. To thrive in today's trying times, you need the Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. Go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com and get your free newsletter and gift. Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. Welcome. You are listening to the Financial Survival Network. I'm Harry Lutz. Today is October 4th, 2021. Well, uh, crypto has been very hot. Uh, gold, not so much. Precious metals, not so much. What are we to do? Well, we've got uh, Joshua Chagall on with us now. He's been a crypto enthusiast from way back when, into crypto back in 2010, was a Mt. Gox victim. If you remember Mt. Gox, that was the huge Bitcoin exchange that got hacked and all the money disappeared. And that's a heartbreaking thing, especially if you had a lot of money in there with them. But uh, Joshua is here to talk about it. Josh, uh, welcome to uh, FSN. So, so cryptos, what's the future of cryptos here? <laughs> yeah. Hi, Kerry. It's really nice to be here. And um, well, you know, the future of cryptos is, is extremely bright. I mean, we have the invention now of rare digital assets, uh, rare numbers, just like we have rare metals. And um, I'm a big, big gold and silver bug, uh, have been forever. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I understand that both work really, really well together. And, and I think this is the one of the unfortunate uh, misunderstandings of crypto or Bitcoin uh, to start with is that a lot of gold bugs um, see it as like, ah, oh, it's just a tulip bubble or whatever. And, and crypto people see gold as ah, oh, some ancient relic that uh, is just a pet rock or something. And, and it's, it's really terrible because people like Peter Schiff, uh, as much as I really appreciate his, his father's work and his work in the early days, really led a lot of people astray um, and, and just, and, and people on the crypto side, like Gary, uh, Gary Silbert would be like, oh, drop gold. And I think this is ridiculous because the common enemy is fiat saving in, uh, these units of account, which are ridiculous. You know, that's the enemy, uh, gold and, and crypto can really work beautifully together. And, uh, and they're really an important match and we have to see it like that. Um, and because really we're up against the entire global banking system, um, and, and we should be working together as a, as communities. Okay. So you, you think we've met the enemy and it's the global banking system? Well, it's, it's a fundamental corrupt system uh, of fractional reserve banking. Let, let's put it that simply. And I'm sure your listeners are smart enough to understand what that means. Um, because the ability for uh, banks to print currency out of nowhere uh, and then charge interest uh, that doesn't exist in the system is fundamentally corrupt because it means there's you know, it's a giant music game of musical chairs and there's just not enough chairs. So you always have a huge underclass uh, that just can't afford it. Not, not only that, if, you, if you've been saving your whole life, uh, the, the amount of inflation and we're seeing huge inflation globally now is basically just stealing everybody's wealth um, from under their feet. And we, our schooling system has never taught most of us um, what, what it is, where money comes from. And, uh, and I think there's a fundamental flaw there. So I, I would say the, the banking 
mechanism globally, the fractional reserve central banking mechanisms that we use um, is, is fundamentally flawed. And so that's what we're up against. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of that uh, we're kind of on the same page there. The question is, like, what do you do about it? Um, so if we're looking at DeFi, which is decentralized finance, um, we're seeing a fundamental change in what banking is. And um, and I think this is, this is uh, you know, Buckminster Fuller, he was an amazing architect. And one of his great quotes was, there's no, I'm, 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 I'm paraphrasing here, but it's, uh, it's something like, there's no point fighting the existing system. You have to just build something new to make the old obsolete and just let it, you know, die. Basically, not don't sit there begging government for change. And this is really what the entire cypherpunk or, or crypto space has done: is build a different alternative mechanism for money that isn't controlled by a single centralized party. And and so the change has already started to happen. And if we look at something like decentralized finance. It allows a whole lot of people that are just paper pushing on Wall Street um, to to basically skip those people. Where in the traditional banking system, you would maybe allow your bank to uh, you know to to use your savings and speculation for some of these Wall Street bankers, and you would it would go through like thirty people, so everyone would take their cut. And uh, and so the market maker that's earning the money, uh, speculating with your money, uh, basically uh, hands it back to like thirty different paper pushers until you get your point whatever percent interest, and and decentralized finance is taking all of those middlemen out and where you're putting your funding your money directly into a smart contract that does the market making and it's paying you the and that's why these massive uh, uh, return on investments uh, are coming back to people in, in DeFi. And that's why I, I really feel like it's a black hole that's going to suck the entire legacy banking system into it. Because um, if you're politically motivated and you think, oh, I'm a libertarian and I don't like big government, and then you know you might get into crypto, you might be interested in crypto because of that. If it's not because of that, it might be the large returns that you're getting by staking uh, your coins on 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 uh, Coinbase or something like that, or or even in a decentralized smart contract, and earning a way bigger reward than you would with your bank uh, interest rate, or uh, you might, if it's not that, then you might get into it because hey, you need to send some money overseas, and um, the bank you don't have a bank account, and if if that's not the reason, maybe you're an artist and you're getting into NFT. So there, there's there's an entire, <laughs> you basically have no option but to uh, end up using this technology, which cuts out the state, many banks, it cuts out so much stuff and really empowers people to take control of their own money again. Now, that's very, very scary for a lot of people as well. I can understand that. So we're, we're effectively what you're saying is uh, uh, we're entering a new world. And uh, most of you out there are not prepared for it. Yeah, um, that's right. And and this world is is happening quickly. It would be very very worthwhile taking um, if if you're totally not sold. You think that everything to do with crypto is a scam. Try to just take that skepticism for a second, put it aside, and just think: What if the the concept of a rare number is actually a thing? 
Because this is what Satoshi Nakamoto, the inventor of Bitcoin, really invented was the ability to have a rare digital asset. You know, I can send you, Gary, an MP3 and you don't know if I don't have it anymore. Uh, you know, you, you, I could say, no, no, I sent you the original. I didn't make a copy, but you don't know that for a fact. So, it, you know, digital files have never been good for money or anything rare. And really what Satoshi invented was the ability for me to send you something digital and you to mathematically absolutely be sure that I don't have it anymore. Just as sure as you can be that two plus two equals four. That no matter how many guns you point at that equation, two plus two will always equal four. And so the ability for that knowledge that I can send you a file and you know that I don't have it anymore opens up an entire world where we can cut out the state. We can cut out the banking the system out of our lives and start to take control of, of our finances especially important nowadays as if you're getting on in life and you've spent your entire life saving, working, toiling in your profession to save in this stuff called fiat, then it's really important to be able to take that and, and independently put it somewhere. Now, there's always been the option to put into gold and silver. The problem with that is a lot of gold and silver really doesn't have a yield. It just sits there. And that's fine for some people. Um, and I would say that's much better than having it eaten away through inflation by having it sitting in a bank account. And even worse, if there's a banking crisis and it just disappears through bailouts or bail-ins, uh, it's a much better thing to start looking at rare assets, whether that's gold, silver, Bitcoin, forestry, farming, anything that's, that's rare that they can't print out of nowhere is important right now to look at. All right. So how do you play this game now? How do you uh, put your money into uh, cryptos and gold at the same time? Don't just survive. Thrive. The Financial Survival Network. FPX Nickel is developing the large-scale Dakar Nickel District in central British Columbia. Within the district is FPX Nickel's PEA stage Baptiste Nickel Deposit, which is projected to be among the world's top 10 largest nickel mines by annual output. The Baptiste Deposit has the potential for the lowest quartile operating costs at just $2.74 per pound. And compared to recent global nickel mines, the project requires a low capex. FPX is also commencing its first-ever drill program at its van target in the Dakar Nickel District. Surface samples have indicated that the van target footprint is larger in scale and 10 to 15% higher in grade than Baptiste. FPX Nickel trades in Canada as FPX and on the OTC under FPOCF. To learn more, go to fpxnickel.com. That's fpxnickel.com. This is the Financial Survival Network, the information you need to thrive now more than ever. You know, the old, the oldest advice in this, in, you know, investing 101 is don't put all your eggs in, in one basket, right? But also what that means is not just in one asset, but it also you can stem it across time as well. Don't put all your eggs in at one time. Cross average uh, um, buying means that you, you buy every week a little bit, as much as you can afford to lose in the moment um, because you don't want to overextend yourself in, in an investment. But 
and and by the way, this is definitely not financial advice. Everybody, I don't know anybody's personal uh, circumstances, but um, a lot of important, an important thing to understand for anybody is to say, okay, I'm going to get into something, especially highly volatile assets. If you put in everything all in, you know, you push all your chips in and then all of a sudden it drops in price and then you, your car breaks down and you need to buy a car and sell your, your savings, then you're, you're, you're out of luck, right? So the most important thing in a highly volatile asset is to buy on a regular basis, put a little bit in on a regular basis, because if the price drops a little bit, you're averaging in your, your buy-in price over time. So next week it might drop in price. Hey, it doesn't matter. I'm getting it cheaper. So I'm getting more. Um, and if it goes up in price, woohoo, I, I've uh, you know made some money. So um, that, that, that is probably one of the most important things to, to really dollar cost average all your buy-ins um, over time. And, and then, uh, you know, obviously we, we run a Bitcoin to gold exchange um, where people can trade to Bitcoin to physical gold that's sitting on a high security voting facility in Switzerland. But if that's not your shtick, if you just want to hold it, um, then that's also fine. But I would, um, you know, definitely have a look at what's happening in this world right now where, where governments are absolutely reckless with the amount of money printing. And not only that, they, they, they act as if it's totally unforeseen that we've had this inflation. Like, wow, nobody could have guessed that we would have had this much inflation. Like, the most insane uh, talking points would come onto mainstream media saying that, I cannot believe we've had this much inflation. Or they hide the inflation when everybody knows that, hey, milk's gone up like crazy. Um, Petrol's gone up, like gas has gone up like crazy. Um, you know, corn and pork bellies and and wheat. They, they, I'm paying much more for everything. Yet the official numbers hide that from you because they'll say like, oh, well, the inflation rate isn't that much because the new televisions now have double HD. So uh, so and it's got a little hard drive in it. So. Uh, actually, you're getting more features for the same price. So actually, things are getting cheaper. So this is how they manipulate a lot of the numbers in terms of uh, inflation. So, uh, it, you know, it's definitely happening. It's happening for people that were actually keeping track of how much they're spending at the shops. And so now is the time to to have a look at these rare assets and think about how to protect yourself, especially if you if you're a little bit older and you can't afford the time to re-earn what is getting taken from you. Okay. So uh, we all agree that there's a lot of issues with the world's current banking system, but at the same, same vein as that, uh, they run the countries, they run the governments of the world. Uh, everything is over financialized. Everything is, is really run by the big banks. And it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in China, the United States, Europe, it makes no difference. And the system exists. The Federal Reserve System and all central bank systems exist to guarantee the bankers a profit and to uh, ensure that uh, if uh, the you know what hits the fan, that the lender of last resort will be there to cover them and to, to help them survive. So to think that governments of the world are just going to sit idly by and allow a crypto future, don't you think that's naive? You know, people have been saying this to me since the start, 
that governments will just absolutely crush this. The thing is that it doesn't really matter because they cannot, all they can do is crush the on and off ramps, meaning the Coinbase's or the, um, you know, these sorts of banks that interface with this, these exchanges that allow you to on ramp with fiat or off ramp back into fiat. And it's, it's never going to be where all governments agree at once. And we, we had this situation actually when the automobile was first being created, uh, was first invented. In, in Britain, we had this, uh, th- these, these lobbyists that were working on behalf of the entire horse and cart industry, meaning the horseshoes, the hay balers, the, uh, the cart makers, the veterinarian, like all, all of this industry, which is a massive industry, went up against these crazy horseless carriages and lobbied the state for this uh, regulation called the Red Flag Act. And you can look this up on Wikipedia, where these, the, this act was so ridiculous that, um, that you were, if you were to have one of these crazy horseless carriages that, um, that was smelly and slow and awful, um, it, it, it was written in regulation that you needed three people to operate one of these things. You needed the driver, as they, you needed someone that understood the machinery to be traveling with you, and you needed someone running in front of you waving a red flag to warn all the other pedestrians of this dangerous apparatus. And of course, so basically all cars could only go as fast as the poor guy at the front could run. But it went on where if you came across some livestock, you had to stop, you have to dismantle your vehicle and hide it behind a bush. <laughs> this, is, this is, I know it sounds comical, but this is what, what they did and, uh, and said that, um, you know, and, and then when the beast moves on, you can then rebuild your, your horse's carriage and get on with life. Never, you know, needless to say, this was ridiculous. All it did was stop it. And this was in the UK. So, so meanwhile, the US, Germany, all other countries shot forward with building cars and, and, and build an entire industry, had a massive head start. Uh, in the space. Right. And, I and- understand what you're saying. However, look, uh, we're living in a uh, increasingly authoritarian, bordering on totalitarian. Many countries are totalitarian. If China wants to go physically dismantle every Bitcoin node in China, don't you think they can do it? Well, they have. Um, uh, actually go rip out every crypto mining computer, yeah. every node everything so if they can do it then everyone can do it so we have three left in zimbabwe that are putting out price info isn't it possible for them to just crush this if they really get together the western powers china and russia and they just crush it while it's while it's definitely possible there's also a lot of uh, it's an arms race right now so proof of work it was was invented by satoshi nakamoto what that means is there's there's a lot of mining a lot of energy has to be consumed to to secure the network and um, it's very easy to spot these miners because hey it's taking up more electricity than most countries 
right? So uh, these miners need to be next to a large... It's easy to track any node that's yeah. uh, putting out crypto transactions and block them, even if you don't rip them out physically. All right. So I think... It's true. But, but just let me finish on that. Um, sure. the, the thing is that there's, there's new technologies like proof of stake, which you can pretty cheaply enforce the network um, while just looking like normal other internet traffic. And if it's encrypted, then they don't know what you're doing. The other thing is that crypto, Bitcoin and, and, and all of this is just one technology, right? In the meantime, uh, all of these computer games, uh, there's, there's kids that are uh, trading millions and millions, if not billions of dollars of gun skins and, and different graphics and now NFTs. There, there's this massive economy that's happening. It's like kind of, kind of trying to ban water. Like there's so much, so many different use cases, it's kind of hard to see through it all. And governments just can't move fast enough to try to ban all of them. I got you. I understand. Uh, I think we'll agree to disagree on that. I think if the governments really decide they want to get rid of it, they will. Uh, there's so many technologies and not to mention quantum computing, which may mean that the blockchain is not as immutable as we once thought, but that's for another day. And it doesn't make me any less bullish or a proponent of cryptos. It's like every asset class, there are risks inherent in it for the fact that you're taking on the uh, sovereign's most profound power, which is the power to coin, mint money, print money, whether it's digital or whatever, virtual money, you're taking on really the very essence of the power structure. I think it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Hey, if we wanna find out more about you, Joshua, and connect with you on the web, how do we do that? Oh yeah, um, I mean, you can uh, ch check me out on Twitter. It's J Shigala, S-C-I-G-A-L-A, or check out thestandard.io. Um, that's the project where we are enabling people to tokenize their gold and um, create a fiat-backed stablecoin. Pegged, sorry, not backed. <laughs> Very cool. Well, we really do appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll look forward to speaking with you again for sure. Uh, any questions for Joshua, you can always shoot me an email, kl at kerrylutz.com. And uh, don't forget, sign up for our free newsletter at financialsurvivalnetwork.com. Joshua, I wish you the best and let's stay in touch. Hey, thanks for having me, Kerry. Thanks for listening to Kerry Lutz's Financial Survival Network, your solution to today's trying times. For the latest, go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. Financial Survival Network, now more than ever.